Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. What's up and welcome back to Kinda Funny Games Daily for Friday, April 21st, 2023. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes, and it is my pleasure to introduce for my very first time the Senior Director of Development at Able Gamers, Steve Spawn. Oh my gosh, it is our first time. Wow, let's go. Dude, it's exciting. I've known you for for many years, but never did a show with you. This is the first time. No, Greg always captures me. I'm never allowed to host with you. And so finally we beat him down. We said we have to do this together. Here we are. Let Tim and Steve host. You'll love to see it. How are you doing, man? Uh, I am good on a Friday, but it is a stressful Friday. I hope you're doing a little less stressed than I am. You know, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm sitting pretty over here. Why, why would you be stressed right now, Steve? I am super stressed over tomorrow's big event with Able Gamers, where we are hosting our very, very first annual virtual gala. It's not something that has been done in the video game industry before, as far as we're aware. And it's one of those things where you're doing something new, something cool, and I'm hoping everybody loves it. I am so excited for this. Congratulations on all the hard work going into it. What an amazing idea. Is there anything that you want to, uh, our audience to know about it? Can they be a part of it? I hope that all of the kind of funny best friends will come out in force tomorrow. We've been chirping about this on Twitter for weeks now. It is a virtual gala that's going to start tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Anybody is invited for a $25 donation. You can see on the screen there we've got a whole run of the show starting at 4 p.m. Eastern. You're going to get to meet all of your cool content creator friends that you see me palling around. Little Sims V, Bruce Green, the kind of funny best friend. We Hell have yeah. the Rooster Teeth crew coming out. We have John Rice. Singer, defied by Kai, just so many names that you know and love. Um, unfortunately, Greg wanted a $75 million fee to show up. Couldn't afford him. Uh, classic Greg. Uh, classic Greg, yeah. He wanted that or oh, like a truck of Oreos. I don't know. This was a strange ask. But yeah, so uh, there's going to be a lot of cool people there. Um, I think like my favorite part, though, is we're going to premiere a world premiere video tomorrow which i think everyone's gonna love i hope to have tears in your eyes tim i hope that you're proud of us what we've done and all the kind of funny support over the years has been enabled by you and your friends to why we're here and helping as many people with disabilities to play games as we are i absolutely love it everybody ablegamers.org slash gala you can go there and uh be part of it all definitely support what an amazing cause what an amazing event steve very very proud of you and everybody over there doing such amazing stuff uh but for now Let's talk about some video game news. Today's stories include back and forth about Hi-Fi Rush, Xbox working on a 10-year sequel, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames and youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames. We come at you with all the video game news that you need to know. Uh, you can watch it later on youtube.com or roosterteeth.com, but you can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Games Daily and we will be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show ad-free, though, and get a whole bevy of bonus content, including some of my favorite shows we do, The Shit List, Kind of Feudy, Greg Ways, so much great stuff, you got to go to patreon.com slash kindoffunny, just like our Patreon producers Tripod++ and Delaney Twining have done. Um, so much great housekeeping for you today. Uh, today, The Dead Walk, Greg Miller is going to help you end them. That's right. Greg's playing Dead Island 2 on PS5 as part of a sponsored stream. And if you have the game and are watching live, Greg might come help you fight the undead. Tune in on Twitch and YouTube right after this, right after Games Daily. It's going to be a great day of shenanigans. Um, if you're looking for something a little bit more loving, a little bit more sexy, guess what? Love, Sex, and Stuff is back. We recorded an episode last night. It's live now on YouTube. 
youtube.com slash kind of funny. It was an absolute banger, some major reveals. It was a really good time, and it was really awesome having call-ins from the audience and being able to get give some advice out there, hopefully make the world a slightly better place. Um, and speaking of a better place, I'm in a better place because I have now seen Barrett Courtney's latest video essay about Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and you too can do that on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. It's the perfect way to get hype for Star Wars Jedi Survivor coming next week. Steve, are you uh, a Jedi guy? I cannot wait for the game. I love the Jedi world. I'm just such a such a fanboy. I can't wait for all that stuff to come out. That is awesome. If you're looking for some uh, extra hype, you should definitely check out this video because it'll get you in the mood for sure. Um, also, our review of Horizon Forbidden West Burning Shores is up right now on PSI Love You XOXO. And then over on Patreon, there are two new Remember Blanks where Greg, Mike, and Bless remember their favorite DLCs and where they remember the games they can't believe came out. Um, today, we're brought to you by Rocket Money, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Story number one. Hi-Fi Rush was a breakout hit for Xbox. This comes from Aaron Greenberg. Uh, via Tom Henderson at Insider Gaming. Vice President of Xbox Games Marketing Aaron Greenberg has issued a small statement on Twitter following previous claims that Hi-Fi Rush didn't make the money it needed to make. In the latest episode of Game Mess Decides podcast, Industry Insider Jeff Grubb said that Hi-Fi, uh, who was also a part of Love and Sex Stuff last night, um, Hi-Fi Rush was a breakout hit for us and our players in all key measurements and expectations. Wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. Missed my spot here. In the latest episode of Game Mess Decides podcast, industry insider Jeff Grubb said that Hi-Fi Rush didn't make the money it needed to make. The comment was picked up industry-wide, which has seemingly prompted Aaron Greenberg to clear up the matter. On Twitter, Greenberg said, Hi-Fi Rush was a breakout hit for us and our players in all key measurements and expectations. We couldn't be happier with what the team at Tango Gameworks delivered with this surprise release. Following the statement from Greenberg, Jeff Grubb said in his latest episode on Giant Bomb, after the statement was read out to him, okay, that's fine, we'll leave it as that. The previous coverage has led to some pretty outlandish theories from the gaming community, including that Microsoft might abandon the Xbox platform and more. That is wild. According to Bethesda, the game reached 2 million players by March 1st, and in late February, director John Johannes said that the game received 10,000 Steam reviews nearly a full month after release. Xbox seems to be firm on the fact that shadow-dropping the game was a success with Greenberg's comments further cementing their decision as being successful. Steve, what 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 are your thoughts on this? You know, it's always wild because you never know what's PR and what's reality when it comes to these Twitter back and forth statements on different shows. Um you gotta wonder like when they're talking about that many players, is that uh was it because of Game Pass? Was it because a game was available on any kind of system that could allow people to play without having to purchase it? I don't know. I I, I kind of always wonder why why do we still worry about whether or not a game... I, li I like Jeff, but I don't know. Why would we worry about whether or not the game has a million players or more? I'm always just like, did people enjoy it? Cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I see I see where Jeff's coming from with this because what he's just talking about is like, from what he heard, it's the financial side. And the financial side is important for games we enjoy happening again and more things like it happening again and i think that the the conversation's interesting when you look at game pass and what and how it has changed the industry and the distribution model and on top of that the financial model of how these games are made and how uh consumers are able to consume them and uh show their support for the different ip and different developers and publishers out there mm -hmm. um but xbox or, or aaron replying to this it's a funny thing where I think both of these things can be true. What Jeff is saying of like, hey, from what he heard, this did not make the money they needed it to on that side. Those just aren't the metrics that Aaron and them are looking at because of things like Game Pass and because of just a success can be graded in many different ways when it comes to video games. Yeah, was it because of the numbers of eyeballs? Is it like, for example, uh, you know, me being on Twitch as much as I am, I know a lot of people that played this and a lot of eyeballs that were on the game, but does that count towards the metrics of downloading the game? Does it count if you don't sell the game? Do they care as far as whether a game was a success or a flop? All things that I, I it, it seems to change game for game. Sometimes you hear like it doesn't matter. Sometimes it does, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I'm a huge fan of Hi-Fi Rush, and I feel like it's one of the biggest wins Xbox has had in, in, in a while, and I think one of the yeah. biggest wins the industry's yeah. had in a while. Like, a genuine surprise out of nowhere that we all loved and had a great time with, and uh, 
I, I think it's really exciting that the year kicked off with a new IP on the Xbox side that I presume will be in the game of the year conversations. Maybe not the top spot, but the top 10, I think for sure, um, especially for kind of funny. So I, I do want to see that game do well. And I just think that it's even a, a bigger bummer for me to see the Jeff side of this news of it not doing well enough financially when we also covered a couple weeks ago or months ago at this point when Hi-Fi Rush first came out that it was kind of crushing on Steam and it was doing super well and being on the top of the charts. It's a little disconcerting that even those numbers aren't good enough on the financial side. Again, success can mean many things, as Aaron pointed out. What exactly is success for a game nowadays when you have, you know, what was the statistic that they came out with about a month ago where it was like every year Steam put out 360 some games and now they put out 360 per week. It's like, you know, what, what where do you put your success at that point? Uh, if everyone's talking about it and everybody loves it and it's a good game that's new and does something cool, I consider that a success. Yeah, for sure. And I just think that when you look at, again, we're now years into this generation of uh, this console cycle and to see what PlayStation's been able to do on its side, Nintendo and Xbox, all of them having their own kind of defined lanes and to see where that vision started to where we're at now. I do think Xbox is one of the more interesting ones because of this Game Pass factor. And we've pundits and internet people have talked for years now about like where's the money coming from is this going to bottom out where game pass is devaluing video games or is it adding value to uh having a quantity of experiences for people that that is where people want to go and we always talk about xbox game pass being the best deal in gaming but at some point it's like is that deal just for the audience is it going to negatively affect the devs and pubs out there to be able to make bigger, better games or just more games, whatever it is that they want. Um, so as far as I'm concerned, as long as what Aaron is saying is being backed up by Microsoft and supporting the teams, being able to do things, then this is kind of a win-win where we figured out a way where it doesn't necessarily need to be about the money in every single case, although we all know that it is the case in most places. Yeah, it always has to come back to the bottom line. I think all gamers understand that, but the, the Xbox Game Pass is the best in the business because it allows so much. I mean, and that's not even talking about the accessibility or something. What if you can't play because you don't want to? Or what if you can't play because you physically can't? And Xbox Game Pass allows you to be like, oh, actually, I can't play that. Which actually, funny enough, happened to me with Hi-Fi Rush. I didn't think I'd be able to play it because of the way it controls. Tried it out and turns out it was playable and I did like it. So it was a good experience and I was glad I was able to play it. Has has Game Pass really been like a transformative platform for you in that sense? Absolutely, freaking lutely. Yeah, I mean, remember the the era of the demos is so dead now, right? They just don't do demos like they used to in the early two thousands. And so, because of that, a lot of times you would end up buying a game, and if you're physically disabled, you or even vision, and sometimes the deaf gamers who can't play because of the audio cues not being there would have to return games because you learned within the first six minutes you can't play it. You just wasted your sixty bucks. And Game Pass allows you to get around that to where you can play, you can enjoy, and you can. Try try out things that uh, you didn't think you could play. That happened to be with Rocket League. I actually hated that game. I even said on Twitter how much of a stupid game that was. Who would want to hit a, a ball with a car? Oh, that was so horrible. And it turned out that it was just like, I really just wanted to play it and I couldn't and I was mad about it. And so when I tried it out, so a friend bought it for me and I was like, oh, actually, hold on. They, they put in this mode with a mouse. I can play it. Fantastic. And then I was its biggest fan. So, you know, I think there's that backlash you got to worry about. If someone thinks they can't do something they'll say they hate it even if they would love it i i, I love that steve while i have you here i, I want to ask like with yeah. where we're at in 2023 right now top level do you think that sony microsoft and nintendo are doing uh, a bad okay good or great job when it comes to standardizing accessibility uh, options in their games the fact that we are having this conversation right now and you're asking me about it is a sign that we're doing okay. It's out there. People care about it more. The trolls that are yell about, you know, uh, accessibility is stupid are less and less. And, and because more people care, more people are realizing that we should share this video game love that we have for the world with each other and make sure that more people can play. So I think they're doing better and better. Nintendo obviously has a ways to go, uh, as my inbox will tell you whenever I tried them on a show like this and they say steve please stop saying that but they do have a ways to go 
and then hopefully they'll catch up. You know, I, I'm, so many cool new things like the Xbox controller, but now the, the Sony PlayStation Leonardo project coming out. Like, man, it's it's a good time to be a disabled gamer, not just a gamer. That's so awesome, man. That is so, so awesome. So, so Hi-Fi Rush, you were saying, uh, can you talk a little bit more about like how it ended up working for you? Yeah, you know, I thought that the timing on the controls would be really, really rough, especially, you know, it's a rhythm game, so you've got to be able to hit things in the right time, and I thought QTEs, QTEs are scary, especially if you can't click things at the right times, but it turns out that with the accessibility options built in, the camera controls are pretty forgiving, the combat itself is pretty narratively forgiving, where you don't have to be perfect, you just have to sort of have fun with it, it's more like a, a bashing good time, rather than a, oh, you missed the QCE, start over. Yeah, absolutely, man. All right, let's move on to story number two, keeping in the Xbox side of things here. Xbox is working on a mystery sequel that it says could take 10 years to make. This comes from Chris Scullion at VGC. Xbox currently has a mystery sequel in development that could take as long as a decade to make it's been revealed. As spotted by Axios's Steven Totillo, the game was mentioned in court documents relating to an ongoing legal challenge in which a group of self-identified gamers that's such a scary way to put it. Self-identified <laughs> gamers yeah, right. are, are trying to block Microsoft's acquisition of Acti Activision Blizzard. At one point, the document explains that AAA games can take a long time to make, using Halo Infinite as an example, though the length and cost of development is redacted. It then says, quote, for instance, according to one Microsoft executive, redacted, a forthcoming title from the redacted franchise may take a, de a decade to develop. It's not clear if this is a completely new game that hasn't yet been announced or something players already know about, such as Elder Scrolls VI, what, which was announced at E3 2018 and is therefore seemingly at least five years into development. Bethesda's Todd Howard said in 2021 that it was good to think of the Elder Scrolls VI as being in a design phase, suggesting the Xbox exclusive is still some years away. What do you think, Steve? Uh, I, I think this is just going to be Skyrim Year 35 edition. Uh, mm -hmm. They're just going to put out another Skyrim. It's just going to be the remaster, but they're going to add one new quest, and we're going to all pay $90 for it. That's I, At this point, can you imagine having uh, a 10-year window that you have to wait to see your product? Like, my gosh, uh, those developers, like, uh, the, the fortitude you have to make something that the world won't even see for a decade. Can you imagine? A decade, man. That, that re It really is a long time, and mm. we always talk about game development and how different it is from movies or TV, even though there are similarities yeah. in the, the uh, workflow pipeline of it all. But uh, 10 years to work on, on a project that you know we may or may not have even heard about publicly yet uh I, you can assume they are talking about elder scrolls 6 here or you know to your point maybe this is the um oft requested skyrim remake that is inevitable <laughs> at some point <laughs> yeah. um uh, but yeah i i think that uh it, it it is unfortunate that things can get this unruly because mm. there's so much pressure that what if after 10 years it's not skyrim you know, if right. it, what if it doesn't do what it needs to do? And we've seen that on the Xbox side with Halo, right? Where a game that like needed to accomplish something and it just simply didn't, despite having the the many, 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 many years long production cycle. It has to be something that they would at least feel confident in investing that much time into, right? Because I mean, okay, so think about it. You're one known as one of the best producers and comedians that our industry has, right? Would you work on a set for ten years and not show it to anybody? Wouldn't that be just maddening? I that is a very nice thing to say and very inaccurate, but I appreciate you. Um, but yeah, no, I I totally I can't imagine it. One of the greatest rewards we have at kind of funny is being able to have direct. Yeah. interaction and feedback and like live in it and just kind of go and when something goes wrong guess what we'll do it right again tomorrow maybe we'll try like that's mm -hmm. part of the fun and part of the whole experience and to imagine these game devs that are like just head down grinding for a decade and then you know simultaneously dealing with people like us talking about leaks and talking about like how dumb this mm -hmm. is and bad that is and i hope this doesn't happen and then the game comes out and it if it's not the masterpiece we all have built in our minds, we're tearing them down. And like that gets so difficult to to kind of wrap your head around. So I no, I could never do that. I, I'm not built that way. 
No, I, I don't think many of us could work on a project in the silo and silence for that long. It would be it would be absolutely mind-boggling to even t tackle such a thing. I mean, I'm thinking about things like Starfield, where everybody is just chomping at the bit to get a hold of it. We all want to play Starfield, and we're all like, okay, but we all know what happens with every other game that we've been waiting for for three years, where it doesn't come out to expectations, and they talk like, you know, No Man's Sky, right? In other words, mm -hmm. it's... Today, No Man's Sky is great, but when it launched, it wasn't. And because of that, has its reputation ever really recovered? Eh, it's arguable. It's yeah. great. But, I mean, it has. You know, I, I think that the reputation of No Man's Sky definitely uh, has recovered, and I think people nowadays will only speak positively about that game. But because of the blunders in the early days, it did not mm -hmm. hit the meteoric heights that I do think it could have hit with the way that game was being positioned back then. I think that yeah. if No Man's Sky had worked the way that they said, I think we might see a pretty different PlayStation in certain ways uh, yeah. nowadays, but that's not how things went. But on the other side of that conversation, I do think it's important to point out some of the success stories of just because a game has an extremely long development cycle doesn't mean that it's going to end up not meeting expectations. Final Fantasy VII Remake, I think, is an excellent example of a game that uh, I think the majority of us would have looked at and be like, for a long time, not believed it's actually ever going to come out, and then never believing it's actually going to be good when it does actually hit, and they did it. They pulled it off. So I'm hopeful that we see that with Starfield, and then I'm extra hopeful that we end up seeing that with Elder Scrolls Six because I think that that audience, that community out there is so massive. Xbox needs that type of win. And I just think that, you know, we know that Bethesda's got the stuff. I just hope that they can show that they got the stuff in modern times. Absolutely. I wish in a conversation like this that we had Gary here. Because uh, I, I feel like Gary could really speak to this in that you, you don't know what's going to be a hit. If Hollywood knew... The formula of what was going to be a great game, what was going to be a great movie, what would spawn sequels and what would people latch on to? We'd have nothing but AAA 99 reviewed score every single time. We don't, you know, you can't predict the public. So would you have thought when The Last of Us came out that it would spawn this mega hype where everybody loves it? No, no, you know, no, and I, that's, no. it's a beautiful thing that that can happen, yeah. but that, that is a game that, I mean, I, I don't know the exact, uh, length of the production timeline on all this, but I mean, that game wasn't made in a year. That game was made no. in many, many, many years and that work results in something that special. So I, I do think that, uh, it's scary for games to balloon this big, but I, I do also appreciate that Xbox is and for at least some projects trying to make something bigger, trying to make something that hopefully does have that wow factor that could potentially turn into an HBO show or not. It doesn't, it's not that video games need uh, a different media adaptation uh, to be anything more than what they are as a video game, but it's undeniable that that helps in terms of the mainstream viability of it, of the product and the likelihood that we'll get more budget and investment in those projects. Absolutely. Well, I hope you bring the subject back up again when you have a developer on here who has more development shops than I do. I'm just a silly guy that runs around the internet making jokes. But, uh, you know, for everybody who watches that. daily. Yeah, it's like for everyone who watches daily, like, you know, tune in when Tim asks an actual developer about a cycle like this, because you got to wonder it, when they do that, do they plan that a new engine will be out in five years or do they just rock with the same engine for a decade? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's actually a really interesting side of it, too, is just even the engines and how things have changed and what we're seeing now with Unreal Engine 4 going to 5 and, like, with games like Fortnite that are evolving live before our eyes. And to see uh, Fortnite, and I'm not even talking about it not being a Battle Royale then becoming a Battle Royale, just the Battle Royale side, graphically, like, the tech going into it all, that game has advanced and just been patched in a way where we've gotten Fortnite Remake in real time and i just think that that is such an impressive new way that things are going and i wonder are these games always going to be if they have a 10-year development cycle will they always be behind because they're being built on um, older tech or are they going to be built in ways that those updates can happen a little bit more real time is it a live service game is it something that will need patched you know if they do come out with fortnite 2 would everybody jump on board of course they would yeah, but I don't know that they ever need to, right? Because Fortnite can just yeah. live live forever. Um, let's move on to story number three. We got new Street Fighter Six details. This comes from Adam Bankhurst at IGN via Lil Wayne, a.k.a. Toonchi. 
Uh, the Street Fighter VI showcase has not only re revealed that a demo for the latest entry in the Legendary Fighting franchise is available now on PlayStation 5 and 4 and soon on other platforms, but it also announced who the Year 1 DLC fighters will be alongside new details for the single-player World Tour mode. Let's start with the demo, which will let players check out a bit of the World Tour mode and certain modes in Fighting Ground. Furthermore, players will be able to use the extensive Avatar Creator to build their very own fighter that can be imported into the full game when it's released on June 2nd, 2023. Uh, progress in the World Tour mode, however, will not carry over. That's an important thing to note. Uh, the demo is available right now on Sony consoles and will arrive on Xbox and Steam on April 26th. Um, so not too five days from now. Uh, in the first year, Street Fighter V's Rashid will kick things off in summer 2023. Newcomer AKI will be the second fighter in autumn. Street Fighter 4 and 5's Ed will be third in winter. And Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo's Akuma will finish year one in spring 2024. While it's always exciting to have new fighters join a roster, these fighters will also be added to the World Tour mode so players can interact with them, learn more about their history, and incorporate their moves into their own avatar. Steve, are you a Street Fighter guy? I, uh, you know, it's funny. I just answered this question on Twitter like a week ago, where I was saying I used to be big into Mortal Kombat, and I was like a Streets of Rage kind of guy, and I love those kind of games. And it's just not in my wheelhouse anymore. My arms just do not allow me to be a fighting game player anymore. So I watch them on Twitch, and uh, I'm amazed by you know friends who are very good at it, whether they're disabled or not. Um, are, are you somebody who likes fighting games and mashing fighters? Yes, I'm definitely, I like fighting games. I am not good at fighting games, uh, but I, I enjoy yeah, playing them. And out of all of them, I think Street Fighter, out of out of all like mm -hmm. the core 2D fighting games, or not even 2D, just core fighting games, I would say Street Fighter is the one that I'm the most into, having put a fair amount of time into every entry so far. Chun-Li's my girl. Um, very excited for 6. Very excited for the uh, the commentary mode that they're adding of having the like different like actual uh, shoutcasters or a couple celebrities like, be able to commentate the fight and, and it make it feel like it's real happening uh, with you. That's hype. I think that's really cool and like uh, makes it a lot of fun. There's the, the I forget the, what they call it, but the simple mode where the game starts to play a little bit more like Smash Brothers um, with uh, with less combos and more just kind of button inputs. I think that's going to really open Street Fighter Six up to modern controls is what uh, Pixelated Soul is saying. Um, I think that's going to open it up to a lot of people, and I'm really hopeful we're having this fighting game renaissance right now uh, between Mortal Kombat 12 coming out, Tekken 8, Street Fighter 6. We have uh, Project L uh, on the horizon. A lot of really great stuff, and I think that um, it's going to be an amazing time for fighting game fans, whether that's fans of playing, um, like I know Blessing is, or like you're saying, fans like you that um, are able to to watch the tournaments and have so much fun. Like I feel like fighting games are uh, better positioned than ever to be more than just a video game that you play they're also the the esports side of it is easy to understand sometimes with mobas or with overwatch or things like that it can be really hard to watch competitively if you don't know exactly what's going on but there's something inherently simple about two people on a screen hitting each other and the health bars at the top going down that even non-gamers can watch and be like i understand what i'm looking at i i totally agree i will say as a fighting game fan, I'm curious on your opinion here, Tim. So, we all know that the things are advancing in customization, and we just read that you know this is going to have the ability to bring in sort of your own characters, your own makes, your own models, right? A good friend of mine, the real guy judge on on Twitch, does uh, a fighting much like kind of funny wrestling, where you know he lets his community come in and make their wrestlers, and then he doesn't play the game; he just watches the game and he does the the commentator role, and lets the game play itself, but lets his community members be a part of that. And and I think for a, a group like kind of funny and the best friends, I think it's interesting Can, would you imagine tim as a, a fighting fan would you enjoy a world where the game helps walk you through making your own character and they somehow integrate you know chat gpt style you know where the computer goes okay what kind of move would you like your fighter to make and what do you want its weakness to be like would that be interesting to you not to play but sort of to design your own virtual street fighter self you know honestly i I'm not really into the whole custom stuff in yeah. fighting games. Like I, I, I really care about the balance of it all. And I get really stressed out making decisions mm. uh, when I have to like choose strengths and weaknesses and different moves and all of that. That's why even with the WWE games, like I need other people to just do it for me. Cause like, I just get decision paralysis with it all. And I just can't 
kind of define what I want my character to be. Um, so that's why I like them kind of making the characters and like, I like the customization of outfits. That's kind of where it ends, <laughs> ends for me. But yeah, all of the like the real gameplay stuff, it's never really been my my bag when it comes to that. So that's why I'm a little concerned about the Street Fighter single player. Um, I, I think it's going to be okay. I, I just don't, I hope that it's great. I just don't really get the vibe, um, especially after seeing yesterday's uh, showcase that it's going to be anything really special. I would love to hear more from people who have that point of view of being overwhelmed like yourself. Like, we don't talk about that a lot, but there are a lot of people out there who get very overwhelmed by a lot of decisions. And more and more and more video games are kind of saying like, okay, here's a here's a palette of tools, a dozen of them. Go ahead, make yourself your game however you want. And there's some people who are like, uh, I just wanted to push some buttons. I don't Straight up, this. man. Straight up. <laughs> um, you know, we have so many more news stories to talk about, but real quick, I want to let you know that we only get to do this because of your support over on patreon.com slash kind of funny and the support of our sponsors. You won't need to hear the support of our sponsors if you support us on Patreon, but for everyone else, here it is. Shout out to Rocket Money for sponsoring this episode. We all love gobbling up content and we have an understanding of what subscriptions we use or do we? Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to $200. That's right, you, you, you out there. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending and it helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money has saved some of us here at Kind of Funny a ton of money and it can help you too. Stop throwing away your money. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to Rocket money.com slash kind of funny that's rocketmoney.com slash kind of funny r-o-c-k-e-t-m-o-n-e-y.com slash kind of funny if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down after all a team is only as good as its weakest link so you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field that's why there's no vape in team when you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Steve, I got a good question from the chat here. Om Jesus says, how much time do you spend in a character creator? What's your method? Or do you just select a preset and get into the game? I have had a lot of fun in something um, like The Sims or even like a Fallout where I just like clicking the random generator. I just did this with Diablo 4. You just click the random until it's something that's kind of close to what you like and then just kind of like tailor it from there. I do feel Tim's point about like, it is becoming a bit overwhelming with all the options that they give you. And sometimes having that random generation can spark that little bit of like, you know what? I kind of like that. And then you just kind of go that way. Yeah. What, what type of character do you tend to create? I, you know what? I am somebody who very much likes to go more of the matrix to the digital version of yourself kind of person. I'm much more of the, into the, what would I look like in this world? Or what would my character that I want to play be like in this world? I, I envy my friends who are like, all right, What's the silliest options I can possibly pick for this? Because that's just not me. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's funny. I, I've thought about this uh, a lot recently because we were talking about just different character creators in, in games. And like, do we have consistency between games? Like, are we always making ourselves? Are we always making someone else? Is it the same character we're trying to make in all the different games? And I was thinking back and like, I there was something about Super Mario Brothers 2 that I always really, it's not character creator, but I always chose Princess Peach. And like, she was my girl. I, like, I, I kind of loved playing as her. And from then on, I always leaned towards choosing uh, a female uh, mm. character if I could. And that's always my starting point with character creators. And it's I, it's just weird. I don't know why that that's why my, I always default to it. But I've always been that way since day one. And I feel like there's been a consistent character that subconsciously I've been building in each game. And it's only it's went from like pixels in the uh, SNES days to like beautifully rendered 4k now but it's it's cool i don't i don't think that's weird at all i think that is you literally project your hero and for you you tend to like the strong feminine character you that's who you feel an affinity towards like this is a badass person and i wish they were fighting on my team but that's how i think we do character creation is we create the characters that we would like to have a good time with yeah Super cool, man. Video games are cool, everybody. Story number four, Ubisoft shows off the Division Heartland and reveals Division 2's Year 5 roadmap. Wow. This comes from Tom Ivan at VGC. Ubisoft revealed what's in store for its The Division series during a franchise showcase on Thursday. The presentation featured updates on the Division Heartland, uh, Heartland, Heartland, I don't know, uh, the Division 2 and the Division Resurgence. Ubisoft prov provided an in-depth look at the Division Heartland, a free-to-play game for PC, PlayStation, and Xbox consoles, which is in development at Red Storm Entertainment. The PvEVP-focused survival action shooter is set in the rural American Midwest town of Silver Creek, which has been left in ruins following the spread of dollar flu. Heartland will enter closed beta later this year, and players can sign up for the chance to participate. Ubisoft also revealed the roadmap for Division 2's fifth year of content, which really surprises me. Uh, season 1, Broken Wings, will launch in June and feature a new roguelite game, called, game mode called Descent. Players can sample the mode early by participating in a public PC test server beginning today. Season 2, Puppeteers, will feature a new incursion that takes players to the uh, Moret Estate for co confrontation with the Cleaners. Season 3, Vanguard, will see players return to New York City to discover new revelations about Aaron Keener and his rogues. And Season 4, Black Diamond, will include new story DLC, adding fresh zones, main missions, and a whole new endgame structure. Ubisoft also said the next phase of testing for mobile looter shooter The Division Resurgence will launch this summer in select territories steve are you into the division at all i i love the original division and i kind of fell off on the, on the latest version um i like the the zones that are, um that are kind of like more like tarkov where you go in you have your gear you need to get it out Th that kind of thing is kind of fun to me i like that pvp aspect um i have been still hankering for a good pve solid co-op game of this style i don't love that we're trying to put pvp into every single game like this i kind of do I, I just i don't know about you but i really really love going in with my group of buddies and just decimating some computer characters like i just like that camaraderie that good time of co-oping you know and pvp is great and all but at the same time sometimes you just want to mash some monsters you know yeah oh i totally get that i'm, I'm with you I'm, I'm not a pvp guy at all but pve so much fun to be had. I got to say, I'm surprised that Division 2 is getting this much support five years in. I, I didn't realize it was getting what sounds like a lot of the content that the user base would actually be asking for. Still getting story content five years later? Does that surprise you? What is, what is with today's run of stories? Uh, the, the Blessing picked every single story that talks about the next decade and a half of content. This is just where video games are going now, where we're plotting out our years in front of us in these, these virtual worlds, right? It's, it's kind of awesome, because then if you know that you like a game, like you have something to look forward to for years to come, and you're not like, well, it's been out for six months, so I guess they're already working on the sequel, and then this you know, won't matter that I spent all this time here. So I, I like those kind of roadmap things. I, I don't know. Are you, are you a fan of knowing where a game is going to go or do you like to be surprised i i mean definitely i i just feel like there's 
we haven't cracked the code on like the right amount of support um, before mm. moving on to a sequel and, and all of that and because there's no consistency. And I don't know that there necessarily needs to be perfect consistency, but um, our, the Street Fighter story we just read, them laying out, hey, here's the year one of DLC. I like that. It's clear. It's concise. It's letting you know these characters are coming. We're telling you right now. We're not trying to build this as uh, what it's not. Like we're not trying to uh, trick anybody. We're just trying to enjoy, make sure everything's balanced, and we're going to continue to grow from there. Um, but you look at the Ubisoft side of things, and we've been talking a lot recently about just the amount of IP they have, the amount of games, the amount of annualized games, franchised games, the amount of similar games they have. There's just a lot going on. Uh, and to, on top of that, have to have these games, whether they're games as a service or just multiplayer in general, have to have content and updates. We're just at this point of there's just a lot out there and a lot of expectations yeah. and a lot of opportunities for gamers to be let down mm -hmm. um so that surprises me that division two is still getting this much support and there's they're also talking about these spinoff titles of resurgence and heartland uh and we're not hearing yet right now about division three um but you got to imagine after year five this is probably the end of division two you would think so, and like you just talked about being overwhelmed with information, and I think this probably falls in that same category, right? Where you're getting a lot of information and on a lot of roadmap, but also, uh, that's a lot. That's two games and multiple DLCs, and it gives you something to look forward to, but also things that you have to take into account. So, do you continue to play and enjoy the same world knowing that there's a DLC that's just going to be out four months? So, why do you bother getting all the gear and working your butt off to be the best your character can be, only to have it washed away when the next grade of gear comes in? I don't know. I think that's that, that was what was kind of cool uh, back in like you know Diablo days and whatnot, where it was like all of a sudden Blizzard would be like, "Hey, we're putting out Hellfire. It's going to be a new cool thing. You're going to love it." And we'd be like, "Ah, oh, that's amazing. It's so cool." Now you can plot it out in your gaming experience. I don't know. I could see both sides of it. Not to play the middle fence here, but I could see where some people really be happy with the game going on for this long because they love it, and other people will be like, "Wow, could you just move on, please?" Yeah, for sure. Hey, Barrett, is there any way we can get Mike's uh, Mike on real quick? I want to get his thoughts uh, on this because if I remember correctly, Mike's a Division Two guy, right? That is correct, Tim. And what up, Stephen Spawn? Good to see you, homie. Hello, buddy. I love you. Thank you for coming on. Say hello. Hey, man. Right back at you. And yeah, I am a Division Two guy. And it's interesting, Tim. I am someone who loves to get a ton of content and a lot of mileage out of my gameplay but for me of course i am looking for the big old three on the box art i'm ready for something new it's almost like the destiny problem that i have right of like a lapsed player or someone who likes to play it right when it comes out i play a bunch of content and then it's harder for me to come back when we get into year five of situations like this i am looking more towards hey put the three on the box and you might bring me back is a little bit easier than saying hey this is the fifth year content we're gonna do this and that and if you're like me, you're like, mm, I don't know if that vibes with me right now. So for the division side of things, I'm looking for the three. Will I check it out? Yeah, with Greg Miller, we'll probably turn it on and take a look, but it probably won't hold me for a long time. All right, well, there you go. Of Mike's going to be joining us for a little post-show after this, so yeah. thank you for making a little surprise pre-appearance. Thanks for having me, you two. <laughs> Let's move on to story number five, Steve. A Fortnite movie is not actively being worked on. This comes from Rebecca Valentine at IGN. It seems like every video game franchise is getting a film adaptation these days, but one popular game you probably won't see on the big screen anytime soon is Fortnite, according to Epic Games' chief creative officer, Donald Mustard. In an interview with Collider, Mustard said the company was not actively working on a Fortnite movie at this moment, but then explained that a future adaptation is still a possibility. To me, I want to do stuff that always just feels authentic and is a great story. And so it's not something we're actively working on right now. I'm not going to say it won't ever happen. In fact, I mean, I know exactly how I would do the Fortnite whatever. Exactly. I know exactly the story I'd want to, but it's not the focus right now. I don't have time. Mustard then added that Epic Games has a relationship with production company AGBO via investment, uh, suggesting an adaptation might happen via that connection one day. But he also noted that given Fortnite's success, he wouldn't exactly have to work hard to get one greenlit. Oh, yeah, a Fortnite movie gets greenlit by any studio in a second. It's just there's other stuff we're working on right now. Not too much of a surprise here, but do you have any takeaways? I, you know, so number one, I have to say right off the, the bat, uh, Rebecca Valentine, the best in the business. She's amazing. So, absolutely, up to Rebecca. Um, but also, um, the 
Fortnite getting a movie at this point, I, I can't imagine a world that doesn't. It's definitely going to have The Rock for some reason. Um, <laughs> I, I don't see a world where we don't get that. Uh, I'm surprised a little bit that they haven't figured out some way, kind of League of Legends, very, you know, monetization of it. Whether, you know, I mean, Arcane was pretty good. I don't, did you see Arcane? Oh, yeah. Too? Arcane was incredible. It, it's really good, right? Like, even if you're not a League fan, it's good. It's real mm-hmm. good. Uh, the characters are, are well. You know, you love Jinx. You love Vi. Uh, those are, I mean, personally, my, my girlfriend and I back in the 20 teens used to play those two characters. So immediately I was like, I love these characters and I haven't even seen the show yet. And then you watch it and you're proud of it. And I think that they'll do something like that in Fortnite. Uh, I think the one interesting challenge, and I, I know you mentioned Fortnite earlier, you're not a huge PvE guy, neither am I, but, you know, dabble in the Fortnite from time to time, right? Uh, do, you, do you think it's important that we know the lore of Fortnite in order for there to be a movie when it is a game where you just you jump in, you shoot some people, you die, you do it again? Steve, I have uh, the perfect response to you, and that is Super Mario Brothers, the movie, which was utterly fantastic, and there was no lore for them to build off, and they didn't care, <laughs> and it didn't matter at all. That's what I think the magic of Fortnite is here. That yeah. when, when they have a movie, I think everything Donald's saying here is exactly what I would want to hear. It's like, they don't yeah. have time to focus on this right now. He knows how they would need to get it done. And it is that vision to get it right. We don't just need a Fortnite movie coming out because then we'll get things like the Angry Birds movie that just kind of feel like pure cash-ins, no soul, no heart put into the property and why people actually like the thing to begin with. Whereas you look at the Mario movie, you look at Last of Us, you nobody... You can not like it or whatever, but nobody can look at that and say people didn't care making this. They cared a lot. Um, And I feel like Fortnite more than deserves that, especially at this point with how dominant it's been in the industry for as long as it has, how much it's adapted and changed, how much it's affected the youth. Like Fortnite means what Mario meant to me to millions of kids out there. And um, it's those little things. It's the way the characters move. It's the sound effects. It's the the memes and the TikTok sounds and all of that. Like, in the same way, I just watched the Mario movie for the fifth time <laughs> a couple days ago <laughs> and still well up and still get excited for just these little moments and, like, things that I love so much and have for so long. I want more people to be able to experience that. I think that a Fortnite movie can easily accomplish that. To be fair, Jack Black does carry any movie he's ever in, ever, so... Get him in Fortnite. <laughs> I would love that. Oh, please bring Bowser into Fortnite. Uh, no, you know, I, I think this. I think all of your plants are completely 100% on target. I love the fact that you can enjoy Fortnite from a lore perspective or from just a fan perspective. I have a good friend named Mouse in game who knows every single intricate character and what they do and where they do and why they do it and background stuff that I would have no idea. Oh, that's why this gun is in the game because this faction needed to bring it in to fight these people. And I'm like, I just like making it go bang bang so you know uh you know i i like that we both can be in the same world and enjoy it at the same time but for completely different reasons and we both have the same great experience yeah fortnite special man It, it definitely is um and video games in general are so cool fortnite 2 though i don't know if we'll ever get it it seems so far away steve but if i wanted to know what was coming to mom and grop shops today where would i look I'm so glad that you asked that because the official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Nailed it, Steve. Out today, uh, we have Advance Wars 1 Plus 2 Reboot Camp on Switch. Can't wait for that. What an amazing video game Advance Wars is, and I'm so happy people are finally going to be able to play it either again or more likely for the very first time. If you missed out on this game before, definitely give this one a shot. Uh, Dead Island 2 is out on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, like I was saying, Greg and uh, some of the homies will be playing it right after Games Daily, so go check that out. Twitch.tv slash games, YouTube.com slash games. Uh, Volcano Princess is on PC. Mia and the Dragon Princess is on everything. Lots of princesses today. Uh, Nacho Cado is on uh, Switch. And Summon Quest on mobile. Deal of the day for you. This one is extremely important. Um, Wario64 points out that uh, the Sonic with Ring Funko Pop is available on Amazon for $12.99. So if you want that, you can get that. Do you still love Funko Pops, Tim? You know, I have never 
for a single moment purchased uh, thought about purchasing a Funko Pop. This, these are one of those things for me. I don't like the look of them. I don't like mm-hmm. the vibe of them. And I also mm-hmm. know that if I start, I can't stop myself. Same reason I didn't start getting Amiibos. And Amiibos are right up my alley. I'm a Nintendo boy through and through. And if I started with one, I'd have to get them all. Pokemon taught me early. Got to catch them all. It messed me up in the 90s, Steve. Man, the Pokemon just getting you early. Once you get one, you get them all. That's it. Here I am. <laughs> 30 years later, still doing it in every every way possible, wasting every penny that I have on these damn little creatures. So, yeah, Funko's not for me. What about you? Uh, you know, uh, I get so many of them through streaming. Like, there are so many times, and this is the one thing I think is sweet, and this is just me, me being a little mushy guy for a minute here. I think it's really sweet when a fan will send you to your P.O. box, uh, hey, this character reminded me of you, of something you said one time, and it made me smile, so I spent 12 bucks on you, and here, enjoy. And it's like, ah, Like, even if I don't like the character, or even if I don't like Funko Pops, I'm just like, wow, that person spent 12 of their hard-earned dollars for something that they thought of me when they looked I love that. I hope that you out there see this Sonic with ring and it inspires you to buy it for someone else. You know, make them happy, whoever they are. Or blessing. Maybe blessing. Blessing sounds good. Um, Or Tim. Just send a bunch of Tim. Can you imagine (laughs) if I just had like a hundred Sonic with ring Funko Pops? Heaven heaven or hell. I can't wait to get that angry message from Tim. He's like, you set this up. Now I got 600 (laughs) of these Funko Pops delivered to the studio. What the heck, Steve? Sorry. (laughs) Wouldn't be the worst thing uh, (laughs) that we've ever gotten here. Steve, we have a a couple minutes left to to hang out. I kind of want to talk to you about your year in gaming so far. What have been some of your um, the things you've loved the most? What are some of your disappointments? Um, I, of course, I'm waiting for Starfield like the rest of us, as we talked about earlier. I can't wait for that to come out. I have been absolutely enthralled with Marvel Snap. Um, Hell, it is my, yes. It's my new addiction. Um, I, I was convinced I would get the Galactus set to go through, and I did finally get Infinite. Um, so happy, you got happy Infinite? Myself. I did. I got Infinite with it, yeah. Oh my god, congratulations. Yeah. That's Thank incredible. You. Oh, so much grinding. I was so happy though, man. Uh what's the highest you've gotten so far? I mean, I was just saying yesterday, like I I don't really play the ranking game that much. Like I'm more on the collecting uh-huh. side, so I'm more focused on doing the daily challenges that oh, um, okay. sometimes those yeah. get in the way of me like actually performing well. Um so I feel like the highest I've ever gotten was like 78 or something like that. That's- pretty good it's pretty good but it's not it's not 100 man infinite is uh nothing to shake a stick at man you're you're, you're doing the damn thing oh uh, well thank you i appreciate that no there's been some cool things like that that i've enjoyed this man i've been having some good times playing um american truck simulator with little simsy uh we've been having fun goofing around in that it's such a silly game to just run around and just deliver packages and run each other off the road that's always fun um but I think my, my weirdly excited one for the year was I got into um, Company of Heroes 3. I wasn't expecting to like that, but I played the whole damn campaign. I don't know. There's something about it. It was just fun. That's awesome, man. Has there yeah. uh, been anything so far that you were excited for that let you down? Um, uh, it's always accessibility that lets me down. Um, I, I, I was, I was one of the people on Twitter. I'm sure you saw me being like, oh, I can't wait for Marvel Sons. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait for it. And like, just like I said earlier, I opened it up within six minutes. I realized I'm not going to be able to play this and there's nothing I can do about it. And, um, you know, you, you send off your messages, even someone like me that can talk in the back channels and be like, Hey, you guys didn't add this thing. Why didn't you? It, it doesn't always mean it's going to get added. So. Unfortunately, I was not able to play Marvel Sons, and I won't be able to play it in the foreseeable future. So I was sad about that, and uh, I, I hope eventually they make it a little more accessible. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, staying in line with that a little bit, let's let's keep talking about the uh, the Able Gamers uh, Gala that's going down. Like, what what are some of the things you're most excited about happening tomorrow? So you know, I really think the cool part of it is the fact that it's Stardew Valley meets Zoom. So if you have a camera, if you want to get on there and look all pretty like Tim, you could do that. If you don't want to turn on your camera, you can see you can talk in text. Like there's all kinds of different modalities for anybody to meet their favorite creators, and you just don't know who's going to show up and who's going to be there. If they're not listed there, uh, they could be anybody, and that's the kind of cool experience, right? Uh, that I think all of us are, are craving in this world, right? It was access versus accessibility. Not every 
everybody has thousands of dollars to go to PAX, or they live out where you guys do, where you can go to GDC and the other cool conventions because they're in your backyard. Some of us are across the world. So this allows people who may have never been outside of their own four walls, if you're disabled, to go and meet these cool people, have a good time, and uh, listen to music. We have a live DJ. If you all saw uh, the, the lobster DJ with her lobster sandals uh, going around the internet a couple months ago, we got her for the event. We got um, Ninja Brian from Ninja Sex Party to come and be awesome. the headliner. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Have you gotten to hang out with Brian yet? He's such a cool dude. I yeah, I met Brian at a uh, RTX in uh, 2017, and yeah, he is he is one of the funniest people out there. The, the yeah. whole Game Grumps crew, all of them are just such such great great people. So great. They're so freaking great. Uh, he literally he wanted to bring on a special guest, and he's like, Steve, I have a big ask for you. I'm like, okay, what's that? He's like, I want to bring on a special guest. His name is funky wizard i'm like funk wizard yes i don't even need to know anymore don't say anymore say less bring on the <laughs> funk wizard let's go so with funk wizards and it's going to be fantastic i'm I, you know i'm just excited there's cool things like video games you can play with your friends with creators and as all goes to charity we're all going to get on stage and talk about the cool things we do and make people proud and honestly like i said tim this is not a stream bit this is not just the best friends bit this is i really hope that everyone from you to greg to all the best friends who have donated even five dollars over the year I hope that this kind of stuff makes you all proud when you get to see what Able Gamers has done with your support and why we hope you'll keep supporting. Yeah, I mean, best community in the world because they have amazing things to, to support, like what you guys have done over there. Mashrik in the chat is saying, what is Steven's name and channel? I'm fairly new to Kind of Funny Games, and it's my first time seeing them. You want to help him out there? Absolutely. Uh, so during the daytime, you can find me on any social media. Steven Spawn, S-P-O-H-N. Uh, I am on Whip Twitter way too much. I apologize to anybody following me. And uh, if you want to find me streaming, it's the phonetic spelling of Steve, I-N-S-P-A-W-N. My my channel is kind of best friend-ish. Uh, no, I, I don't play with Mike very much because he's all PvP and I'm very bad at it. But we have that same kind of flavor of uh, just community atmosphere. So we're always trying to do things together and have fun yeah and then do you want to talk a little bit more just about able gamers in in general like what is Absolutely. that for people that don't know so able gamers is a video game charity that helps people with disabilities be able to enjoy the same video games as everyone else so we essentially as a charity enable players with disabilities so that they can have the experiences they want in video games imagine if you or wanting to play Fortnite or Metal Gear Solid or any of the games we talked about today, but you weren't able to because you have a physical disability, if you are deaf, if you are blind. Able Gamers has ways to help you be able to match the technology that exists with your challenges to help you overcome them. You can see on the screen there we have testimonials. Each and every one of those is a real person. So if you scroll back up, that's the, those are all people. Those are all just individual people that help. Now we like to talk about the millions of gamers out there that need help we like to talk about and the numbers you know make things sound big and spectacular but honestly tim it's just about changing lives one at a time it's just reaching out to people like you imagine if you weren't able to play video games now you and i have had this conversation off air but you know it, it, what would it be like for you if you couldn't play video games i mean i i can't imagine you know i, I can't imagine I, the work that y'all are doing is so important and so inspiring and i think that it, it again shows the importance of video games and what they can mean and we we're talking about street fighter earlier of you don't even need to necessarily be playing video games for video games to be able to affect you and make you feel like you're part of a community and to allow you to kind of find who you are and find what you love about yourself and all of that. So I, I really think that uh, the, the Able Gamers cause has been amazing for, for all the years that we have uh, been able to kind of help you guys because you guys are doing such great stuff. And I'm just happy that we're able to do anything uh, because <laughs> we're out here just like talking about video games. You guys are out there like doing some real work to, to be able to make sure that everybody that wants to play a game can to the best of their abilities so i think it's really incredible stuff and thank you so much steven for being such a such a positive force in the industry i've never heard a single bad thing about you every single one of the people that i love most in the industry absolutely loves you to see bruce green and alana like the amount of and snowbike mike like everyone loves you man so thank you for being a good Aww. dude now you're making me blush. Come on, dude. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I have a great team with me. Uh, you know, people like um, 
Maggie Judge and uh, Dr. Andy Wu, their founder, Mark Bollet, and the list goes on and all these great themes. It's not just me. I'm just the pretty face. I'm just the one that has the riz to be up here and, and get to hang out with Tim. I'm just blessed in that way. Uh, but there's a whole team of people who are just doing it to, to help individuals. So my point to the whole ramble there about Tim and, and, and his uh, view on video gaming is just each and every one of you out there listening. I know video games are important to you. And our only goal at Able Gamers is to make sure that we help as many people People have that same experience as you have every day. Absolutely love that. And a great way to help support that if you are at home right now listening is to go to ablegamers.org slash gala. That's G-A-L-A. Tomorrow they're doing the big thing. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, you could be part of it 4 p.m. Eastern time, April 22nd. Uh, definitely go hang out with everybody. Meet some of your favorite creators and just have a good time supporting an absolutely amazing cause. Steve, do you have any final words before we uh, let you go here? Uh, pizza's amazing. Uh, don't wear pants if you don't have to. And I'd always tune into kind of funny games daily to get all the greatest news from around the internet all in one place. I love that. Thank you so much for all of your support. Uh, let me tell you something, all right? You're wrong. Flawless. Didn't get a single you're wrong today. We did great, Steve. Oh. Oh my gosh, high five. Let's go. Yep, that is awesome. Uh, next week's hosts, we got some fun stuff going on, everybody. Monday, it is me and Snowbike Mike. Tuesday, it is me and hopefully Fran Mirabella. That's on the docket. Wednesday, blessing me. Thursday, blessing. And Austin Creed, WWE superstar, makes his first appearance in the spare bedroom. It is going to be an absolute blast. Uh, and then Friday is me and bless. And the reason Austin Creed is here is because next Thursday is Greg Miller's 40th birthday. And we're going all out with the Greg Miller stream birthday bash. You're definitely going to want to hang out all day with us. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Going to be a great time next Thursday. Greg's turning 40, everybody. Um, Steve. Yeah. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. For everyone else, remember, now that we're done with Games Daily, me and Mike are going to hang out for the post show for a little bit before we get to the stream. You can write in your super chats. You can subscribe, resubscribe on Twitch, leave it a message. We'll answer your questions about the stories from the day and whatever you want to talk about in the video game world. Steve, appreciate you. Can't wait for tomorrow. Hope everything goes great. Until next time, Thank you. love you all. Goodbye. Bye.